Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Saturday, June 18th. I have, by my count, I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here in Santa Monica, California. We do the show on Skype, connected uh, to me in Dallas, Texas. My sister, Julie Dolan. How are you doing there, Julie? Howdy, Liz. Just fine. It's a little warm here. 102 is going to be the temperature today, but, you know, it's summertime in Texas, so no complaints. Is that why you're saying howdy? Because I've never heard <laughs> yes, you say yeah. that before. Because <laughs> that's a little bit alarming. Frankly. <laughs> oh, Julie, I had a Skype question I want to ask you because you lived in Russia for many years. Uh, yes. When I leave my Skype on, like when we're not actually recording, but I'm still, I leave it in uh, online mode. Every time I go back to turn it on, I have some very personal messages from people who call themselves premium Russian brides. Um, <laughs> and I'm just wondering if you get that or if you know of any premium Russian bride, like what's the deal with that? I'm assuming they're just scouring the internet for any action at all right yeah, just some lonely women it's a it's a big uh, it's a big country liz in russia and you know they're just looking out reaching out to people um that's all i can assume i don't know any lonely russian brides so i can't really say for sure but that's my guess but liz, sure. i think they're barking up the wrong tree <laughs> i think they're actually hello monica how are you you're in you're I in oregon yeah, if they're trying to get get in contact with you. You don't need a lonely Russian bride list. Premium. I, well, I don't need a Russian bride of any kind. But, uh, yeah, premium is the interesting word to me. So, Monica Dolan, you live in Portland, Oregon, but you're joining us from beautiful central Oregon, downtown Bend. How is everything there? Well, I wish it were beautiful here, Liz. Uh, summer has not quite arrived here yet really? in Oregon, Liz. I, 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 I put in some orders I hope it arrives by the time you get here on the 4th of July. Um, that's... I hope so, too. I'm driving up. <laughs> but, but you know, I came over yesterday, and we did have one day of summer yesterday. So I just, Liz, I got busy. Our patio is open for business. Right. <laughs> all I'm saying. I got out the patio furniture. I fired up the barbecue last night. So we have plenty of propane. That thing worked. I scrubbed the grill. Um, you know, I mean, I ask you, is there anything better than like a hose with a good power nozzle? I mean, <laughs> it's so satisfying, Monica. I it's agree. It's unbelievable how great the hose is here, Liz. <laughs> it's just, there's just so much water coming out of it. And you can just really like scrub things off. So I hosed everything down. Um, now I have to say, I have to ask you one thing, Liz. A, a couple of weeks ago, I got this mysterious like, link it was like monica welcome to crate and barrel what is that all about did you send that to me oh i i don't think so i i thought i sent you a separate i sent you an email because i'm for those of you that don't know the backstory here we have a little bungalow that you know the family shares in downtown bend technically i'm an investor 
And <laughs> not, not everyone. I think actually you are an investor, yeah, right? But not everyone is. So I have a little bit of a, you know, people seem to turn to me for advice on what to do with the bungalow, even though I'm there way less than you are, Monica, right? You get a chance to enjoy it a lot. So I appreciate the fact that you will fire up the outdoor furniture and. <laughs> And enjoy a good day with the hose, because that's not what I'm going to do when I get there on my I know it isn't, Liz. <laughs> but it's I, part of Monica's concierge services, I think. Exactly, <laughs> Julie. That's how I'm going to market myself now to Liz. <laughs> Which I totally appreciate. I, I always have. And our brother Dick uh, lives on a big ranch in, in Bend, Oregon, a little bit outside of town. So he's often there just with hammers and saws and doing things right he's we have like full-time handyman repair services in the form of our older brother dick uh who actually built the house so that's you know he's the other major investor in the whole uh bungalow operation uh but i sent you an email you know maybe maybe i did send a link too it was a couple of weeks ago thinking as long as i'm driving up from southern california one thing ben does not have is any retail that would fall under the sort of Crate and Barrel, Pottery Barn, West Elm, kind of good things inside and outside your house category. They're, they've got your Home Depots, your Lowe's, your all of that. But the next step up, not so much in Central Oregon, right? Right. Not, not, I mean, not here in Bend anyways. Yeah. yeah. So, so I had just sent you an email saying, is there anything I should get from Crate and Barrel before I come? Is there anything that the house is crying out for that you know is not available in the local retail establishments through your, your farm supplies and things that they, they have in great abundance there in Bend? So it's weird that the next day I got this welcome to Crate and Barrel email and I'm suddenly like in the Crate and Barrel family. <laughs> well, how, do you feel, how do you feel about that I, I was just surprised I mean of course I did some shopping online I mean I looked at things I didn't buy anything it just was sort of weird that you mentioned it in your email and all of a sudden crate and barrels on to me you know <laughs> okay I did not enroll you for anything I would never do that Okay, that's a little weird. Um, yeah. Well, anyways, moving on, Liz. Today I was looking around for just a scrap piece of paper here in the house. We do need a pad of paper. <laughs> and I was looking around for a scrap piece of paper, which, of course, I couldn't find. But I did find an old Nike shoe box full of, yes, electrical cord. <laughs> Uh-huh. You, you know I always have a lot of both of those. I have a lot of Nike shoe boxes. Chargers to random <laughs> items. Chargers not connected to anything here. So good to know. We don't have one piece of paper in the house, but we have a big old box of electrical cords <laughs> in case we want to plug anything in while we're over here. Okay, good. Well, maybe I'll bring some things to plug in then. Right. Well, uh-huh. a list did fire up. You know, last year we had a little handy calendar. Just a paper, low-tech calendar on the refrigerator uh, marking people's arrivals and departures. So I know we're going to have a lot of visitors this summer. Liz, you and Ferris are coming up. Right. Leon family. I, apparently there's some lacrosse camps going to be here. <laughs> so I, I just I filled in the calendar to the best of my knowledge. So there right. you go. All right. And it it's, sounds and like it's just posted on the refrigerator. It sounds like the concierge desk is really working well, Liz. It is, Julie. Oh, I just need to get a hold of some scrap paper. <laughs> All right. You hey. got to get one of those pins for your outfits, too. You know how the concierges are always wearing certain pins. That would be good. Like, ask me about 
the, yes. the power cords. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, do you have any 4th of July plans? Well, uh, 4th of July is going to be right here in uh, Texas, Liz. But, you know, I got a call. I talked to mom uh, last week. And uh, our mother um, was in Santa Monica. And she has been looking for 4th of July um, uh, paraphernalia. She wanted napkins. She wanted plates. And we had this long discussion on the telephone about how she could not find any 4th of July stuff in Santa Monica, California. She, you know, our mother doesn't drive, so she is walking around to all these different stores and she's coming up empty with 4th of July stuff. Now, she had a lot of theories about why there was no 4th of July paraphernalia in Santa Monica. I don't know. But I are, said, are some of them political? Political yes, liberal media. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. That I said, and so when she started down that avenue of sort of hypotheses, I I said, well, you know, it's not a problem here in Texas. We we really celebrate the Fourth of July, and you know, our mother loves to celebrate. How much mom loves to celebrate Fourth of July? It was one of her best holidays. We used to always do it at the beach, and we would have a picnic supper at the beach and watch the fireworks but it wasn't a simple picnic supper was it sisters no it took days to amass and it was yes it was lobster and she had tablecloths and she had centerpieces and she had after dinner mints and you know it was an extravaganza and she loved to do that so I was I said to her look mom don't worry I'll go get you some stuff and so I went to the stores here in Dallas and I started off just getting her some, you know, flag uh, cocktail napkins. And then I, then I thought, you know, it's mom. OK, I'll buy the paper plates with the blue stars on them because she'll like those a lot. And then, of course, there were matching, matching the blue plates with stars. They came in two sizes. There were some really cute firecracker napkins like big oh, dinner yeah. napkins. No, she's so, gotta have so, those. so i went for those too and then then i saw monica they had these fi- adorable firecracker candles so they look like firecracker like rockets little rockets but they're candles and i could just imagine mom you know using these as for her the centerpiece for the fourth of july and so i boxed it all up and of course because i didn't want her to worry that i wasn't going to be able to send it and i just didn't like the idea of her sort of wandering around in santa monica searching (laughs) for flag napkins so i sent it ups i think i paid an extra three dollars to make sure that it got there quickly, you know, because I just wanted her to have it. Yeah, because it's the 19th or 18th of June. So. I know, but Ooh, you know, it's the, close. For, for, it's the 4th of July, Liz. And, you know, mom likes to start early on her holidays. And if she was going to do a centerpiece with the firecracker candles, I wanted her to be able to see what those looked like. So I mailed it off, got it off all there early, and I called her again this week. And I said, you know, I just want you to know, just t- re- you can rest assured, you can stop searching in that socialist town of Santa Monica for, for yes, Patreon. Those, commie, those commies that run Michael's Craft Shop. <laughs> right. Okay, you can just, I just wanted her to stop, not to worry. I said, I have, I've put together a whole box, Mom, and I've sent it to you. And she said to me, she said, oh, that's great, because I want to give Liz some things to take up to Ben Yay. for the of July. 
So, Monica, if you've been looking around in Central Oregon for firecracker candles, you can just stop. Uh, I, I mean, can so- you believe that? So, Liz, I have done all your Fourth of July shopping for you. And you girls better put together a Fourth of July centerpiece that includes these very expensive firecracker candles that were a total waste of money now that I know that they are going to you. Oh, too. I thought they were for mom. I didn't realize she was giving them to you, Liz. You, the person in America least likely to make a 4th of July centerpiece with firecracker candles. Okay, you got some. Okay, so you better live it up. Okay. All right. Julia, I'm going to make that centerpiece. I'm going to take a picture of my $2 cell phone and I'm going to send it to you. Okay, thank you. I, I hope you'll be satisfied as okay. part of my concierge service. We'll, okay. we'll have to post that on the Satellite Sisters blog, Julie, <laughs> so that everyone can see that Monica came through with the supplies. Well, I was thinking as you were, okay, now that I know we'll have that stuff, that I'll be driving it. It's funny to have UPS drive it to California, and now I will be driving it to Oregon. Okay, not the best use of fossil fuels, but fine. Okay, and uh, but I drive to Oregon with my dog Ferris because he insists on participating in the classic 4th of July pet parade in downtown Bend. So I'm thinking maybe some of this paraphernalia could be used in his costume for the parade. Okay, Liz, absolutely not. No, no. These these are napkins, Liz, and cocktail napkins and paper plates and firecracker candles. No, they don't I, I'm, go I'm on thinking the dog. That, I'm thinking a, a hat made out of a paper plate and a firecracker candle would we'll be, be so cute, would be Liz. very cute on a Wheaton Terrier. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Well, we'll see. I probably won't have the energy. Don't don't worry. I won't have the energy to do that either. So, uh, okay. Looking forward to getting all that junk in the back of my car. (laughs) (laughs) You won't have time to stop at Crate and Barrel now, Liz. You won't have any room. All right. So that is our 4th of July holiday around the Satellite Sisterhood. Uh, If you have big plans, let us know what they are. Go to the blog, email us. Our email is sisters at satellitesisters.com. So. Well, but dogs were making very big news this week. I Wait, don't first, know. Julie, we were going to talk about the, our new archives. Oh, right? my goodness. Let's yeah, do yeah. that. Yes. We're, we're yeah. going to get to the dogs. I agree. That, yes, I saw that story, and I immediately knew that sisters would have opinions on that. Um, <laughs> but as long as we were talking about the blog and the website and the email, we have many exciting things finally happening at SatelliteSisters.com and at iTunes. So you know how we've been threatening since the beginning of the year to post the expanded Satellite Sisters archives. Well, it's there, people. It's now. You can push the button. You can find it. We have 200 shows that are now available to you that were previously unavailable in our archive. So, you know, come on. 200 shows. I mean, it's it's really impressive. When you go to iTunes and you click on Kids and Family – or family and kids, and there it is. It just loads it all out, 200 shows. Now, the first time I did Can it... Can I just say, Julie, the best thing to do is not to go to kids and family. If we're going to give people the simplest possible explanation for how to okay. find it... Okay, okay. sorry. You need to sorry do, about that, sister. You just that's need okay, to, Julie. You just need to... That's not where it is. You need to search on Satellite Sisters. 
That's the, that's the key thing. It's a, because we're actually in two categories on iTunes. The shows have all loaded into the kids and family section because that's where we used to be. And they've also loaded into the comedy section because, really, frankly, that's where we belong. So, uh, so you can find it in either place. But the key is to just search on Satellite Sisters. And then you will be able to click on either one of those two things. Uh, you'll see both of the Satellite Sisters icons. And then you'll get to the rest of what you were about to explain, Julie. So go for it. Which was the first time I clicked on it, it looked like there were only 50 shows. But if you keep clicking, then the whole 200 shows um, appear. So, so don't be disappointed if the first time you go, go there, you only see 50 shows. Yes, the so, key is to scroll, scroll down. down. Scroll. Right. Scroll it, down, even if it's it's 50 per page, but if you just scroll down, you'll see the whole several hundred shows will start. To... And then if you want to, have you downloaded them all, Julie? Well, I'm trying to download them all, Liz. Here's my technical question for you and Monica is, is there some easy way rather than just choosing each show, 200 shows? I don't want to do that. Is there some way that you can download all 200 shows at the same time? Yes, there is. If you go to... Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Science. If you... Only because we've been, we've been doing some troubleshooting on our end. Right, Monica? You had to figure it out. And uh, it was for testing you. going on. <laughs> yes. We are our own beta testers. And now the rest of the Satellite Sisterhood can be super beta. If you're in your iTunes library, so... And you click on podcasts. So that's where all of your podcasts will load. Once, that, once you're looking at what's in your library already, you go down to the bottom there and you'll see a button that says Settings. If you click on Settings, that will open, and the top of that says Check for New Episodes, and, you know, you should just click every day, whatever. There's a drop-down menu, you have a choice. And then you, have, you set your own podcast defaults. But then below there it says When New Episodes Are Available, then you have another drop-down menu where your choices are Do Nothing, download the most recent one or download all well obviously we don't want you to do nothing and uh downloading the recent one will be one if you want 200 you just click download all because these will all be considered new by your computer because they've just recently been uploaded so you choose download all and then underneath that it says episodes to keep and in another drop-down menu, you have choices from two episodes, ten episodes, most recent episodes, or all episodes. We would recommend, because you know this is how much you care about your Satellite Sisters archive, that you just check all episodes. So remember to set download all, and then keep all episodes, and then you will always have at least 200 episodes of Satellite Sisters there waiting for you. And obviously, as we continue to add to the archive, and as we continue to produce new shows, you will still automatically get those every time you go to your, satellite, to your iTunes library and press refresh. Did I explain that right, Monica? Yes, you did, Liz. Okay. It was impressive, wasn't it, Monica? I thought you well, did. I knew once Liz got going, there was no stopping her <laughs> with that explanation. <laughs> well, the the trick is to be simple because I get confused half the time I go to iTunes. Don't you? I mean, they say it's really simple, but it's not as simple as they promise. So, making sure your settings are correct, and then also making sure when you go back to iTunes that you're pressing the refresh button when you're in your own library. Uh, then you're always, if you subscribe to Satellite Sisters, you're always going to get our shows. 
Uh, so then what's happening over on the website? Monica, do you want to explain what the new experience is there in the archive? <laughs> well, we have also uploaded a lot of those shows from SatelliteSisters.com. So on our main page where it says Listens to, listen to the show, if you click on that, you, there's now a button, a drop down that says archives. Click on archives and you can also get all of the archive shows we have uploaded there. We have, we're still working on like 2005, 2006, but most of the shows from like 2008 are there now and the rest are coming soon, <laughs> as they say. Yes. So our webmaster, Sarah, who really has been working hard doing this, I know it seems simple, but we, we moved everything over to new servers. We have a whole new way of uploading it. I mean, behind the scenes at Satellite Sisters TOC, it's been complicated. Uh, so we're thinking that maybe next week on the show, don't you think we should have Sarah Sweeney as a special guest and she can explain anything we still don't understand? I think that would be fun. A whole Ask Sarah segment. That sounds great, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't really gotten Sarah's approval to do that yet, but uh, <laughs> anyway, so I, I would just say if you're unfamiliar with how some of these things work, just test things out this week. You'll find if you click on the right combination of things, sooner or later, you will be able to either download all the shows and always save them if you like working in our iTunes, but if you don't and you just always want to go to SatelliteSisters.com, they're always there for streaming or downloading right there. So if, if iTunes is a bridge too far for you, just go to the archive, as Monica said, and you can just sit and listen to anything. It's all there. And you know what? Even if not all of these shows are new, many of them will be new to you, or you will have forgotten them for the first time around. And, and I personally find they're even funnier the second time around. I, I just do. They're uh, classic shows. They're yeah. great. Yeah, and the uh, so so enjoy that, and there's more to come on that. Uh, and if you do have any specific questions about this, you can email them into us. It's hard for us to really do troubleshooting on your computer, right? So some of this has to do with you and your computer and your settings, and we're not going to be able to figure that out. But if so, the subtext there is: do not call Liz. She is. <laughs> She is not going to help you. Right. And for God's sakes, don't call Liam because she is not going to help with that either. Uh, she, she tries, she does the best she can answering a lot of this mail, but uh, there, there are just limits. So, oh, yeah, so here's me. But rather than emailing us, uh, you probably have some teenagers in your life. Go get one of them. They're, they're, they're going to be able to figure out how to do this better than we can on your individual, whether it's a computer or, you know, I download everything to my phone now. I actually have all of my podcast archives on my iPhone. Really, and, Liz? Yeah. That's, oh. Yeah, it's okay. really fun. Like, I listen to Leon's, uh, Leon does the Chaos Chronicles podcast every week. I have all of that on my phone now and it automatically downloads. And it's fun. Just, you know, sometimes you're sitting in your car in traffic and listening to that is better than what's on the radio. So. Liz, I'm doing all podcasts all the time now on my drives back and forth between Portland and Bend. And I listen to Chaos Chronicles, uh, old Satellite Sister shows, which I, I agree, they, they are pretty funny the second, third, fourth time around. Um, yeah, I've just given up on the radio, driving over here and back. It's just so much more enjoyable to have a couple of hours worth of podcasts. 
Yeah, so so check it out. Let us know how it's working for you. I'm sure it's going to work fine. It'll work fine. So, uh, and but give us some comments on the blog if there's anything in particular that you're grateful for. <laughs> so the, you're you're allowed to post anything along those lines. All right, now uh, back to regularly scheduled programming, Julie. You back you, to the dog news. The, Can do- we talk the dog about- news. Yes. Can we talk about it? Headline news last week, New York Times, or this week in the New York Times, about the $230,000 German Shepherds that you can order, I guess, if you want an executive security dog. Did you see this story, Monica? I did, yes. I mean, this is incredible. These are highly trained dogs, and many people, I guess many very wealthy people, well, you don't need that many people, but wealthy people who want another layer of security for their family um, are buying these dogs, these highly trained dogs. They're trained by the trainer got started in the business because he worked with dogs um, during the Iraq war. So, he, you know, these are, these are really specialized dogs. Um, and but I was surprised at the price two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. That is surprising. Think, yes, I mean, it made me think. Leanne has always had German shepherds. Now she had her current German shepherd, Mia. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I'm not sure that she would be able to command that same kind of money, the two hundred and thirty thousand dollars, as an executive security dog. Because I haven't I haven't seen Mia as much as you have, Liz. But when I'm with Mia, mainly she just jumps up on the couch. That seems to be her big talent. Uh, <laughs> well, if you're afraid of someone stealing your couch, <laughs> she she's the security dog for you. But here's, the, here's the thing about Leon and her German Shepherds, though. Even though Mia may not be the cutting edge of executive security, I'm sure Leon would argue that even the dumbest German Shepherd is smarter than the smartest other breed of dog. That's how strongly she feels about German Shepherds. Yes, indeed. She, I, I, and I know she has written about this at Chaos Chronicles. So if you go to Chaos Chronicles, she doesn't believe that Mia could command $230,000, but she does believe that Mia has many talents and she should have a high price tag associated with her, which got me thinking about my own dog, Zorro, who is a English black lab. Okay. And I was trying to think like, what skills would he have? Marketable skills does he have? And certainly security is not one of them because you can come in my house anytime and this dog is not, he's either not going to get up to say hello to you or if he is, he's going to come over and wag his tail. So security is not really his thing. But what he does have a great deal of talent and I believe that there is some market for this is that if you are, let's say, bedridden, or if you are like, you know, in bed rest, you're an executive and you go to the doctor and the, and the doctor the doctor says, puts you on executive bed rest, executive bed rest. I have the dog for you because really what Zorro does best is sleep and, and he senses when you would like to sleep too. So he likes to sleep with his, uh, with his owner. So I believe he's an executive sleep dog is what he now and he comes with snoring which is a nice option to have that i many people find that very comforting like a white noise it is monica but liz i don't know ferris um i don't know if you feel like ferris if you were going to market ferris and any any of his his skills what 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 he might be able to command I think if you perceived as an executive, if you were an executive whose main security threat 
came from squirrels <laughs> and pugs. <laughs> squirrels and pugs. Uh, both of which he gets very, very excited about. Um, then I think he's the dog for you. Uh, if you think there, there's like gang of pugs down the road that is about to mount a major attack on your executive estate, uh, he, he is going to know they are coming. And uh, yeah, and the squirrel thing, you know, a, a lot of dogs, a lot of breeds have the squirrel skills, but the combo squirrel pug thing, um, if that's what you're on the market for, man, he's, he's I, I, a lot of executives don't like squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> or pugs. Yeah. So, and, and there are executives that need bed rest. So I think that's so, again, so I, I, I think this is a whole new avenue, Liz, that you, you know, as a marketing executive, that I think you could really take a look around, you know, at the dog, dog skills, and you could really, you could go into dog marketing consulting, perhaps. Right, Because right. so. there are bound to be some other niches besides security, I think is your point, Right. Exactly. That executives need more than just security. They need Certainly. sleep mates and squirrel alarms and all kinds of things. Okay. All right. That's all right. a good one, Joel. There's some money to be made there for sure. Hey, on a more serious note, in terms of other news this week, um, you know, Friday, uh, June 17th, uh, when we talk about the Arab Spring, there were demonstrations, very, very courageous demonstrations um, in Saudi Arabia. You know, Saudi Arabia is the only country in the Middle East where women are not allowed to drive, which it's incredible. I mean, it's 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 such an incredible thing. And so women on Friday were, were trying to mount a protest to earn the right to drive in Saudi Arabia. Um, but only small numbers went out and they had five women that were driving around in a parking lot and they all got arrested and they are now charged with two years in prison really? for driving around in a parking lot. So, I mean, we've seen so many acts of courage this spring by other people throughout the Arab world, you know, standing up for democracy. And here you have women and really all that, you know, when they're interviewed, you know, all they want to do is to be able to drive the, you know, drive the, the, themselves, to be able to go from point A to, with, to point B and not have to involve their husband or their brother or what is the local custom is that you have to hire a driver. Uh, so you, the, um, Saudi Arabia has about 800,000 drivers from other Asian countries that work in Saudi Arabia driving women around. So even it's sort of weird because men and women in Saudi Arabia are not al allowed to be alone together. That's against the law. But they but somehow you can have a male driver drive female females around in a car and that's okay. So You know what it reminded me of Julie? I was thinking about uh, when we had Dorothy Thomas on the show, Monica Dorothy Thomas, in addition to being a world famous human rights activist and MacArthur genius, was also your college roommate, correct? Correct. And uh, when we talked, and she had just recently been named MacArthur genius when she came on Satellite Sisters. And one of her points is that often in these human rights movements, these big political actions, and she'd been involved in a number of liberation movements in Africa and in other parts of the world, that the sort of women's rights issues get totally left behind. And I remember her saying, they always turn to you and say, we'll worry about that later. 
And, uh, and I think we've seen this now in Afghanistan, that at first there was this whole sort of blossoming of, you know, women are throwing off their burqas and girls are going back to school. And now that rolls back. And even in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, you know, as people are starting to sort of demonstrate more for the rights they want, women are still so far behind in being able to speak out. And people see it as a completely secondary and almost unrelated issue to political freedom. So I say, good for you. Get behind the wheel, drive around. I was thinking to myself, though, I wouldn't necessarily have wanted to be on the roads with a lot of first-time drivers (laughs) (laughs) driving around. I don't don't care what their gender is. You get a lot of people out there that have never driven before. Yeah, you're right, Liz. That's that's a good day to stay home. (laughs) There's <laughs> safety issues there, but they are trying to use new social media to get the word out there. And at least one of the Saudi princes is in favor of this. But I mean, it really for many, you know, for many men, you know, in Saudi Arabia, they feel like, you know, this is the line, literally the line in the sand and that some they have to hold the line and that if they let women drive, you know, all hell's going to break loose. So. All right. So, so Monica, next up on the list is uh, you work in a very exciting field, which occasionally there's news breaking in uh, in the science that you work in. So you had some news you thought you wanted to share? Uh, yeah, well, you guys know I, I work in stroke research. Um, so I, I'm a research coordinator at a university hospital, and we treat patients that are having acute strokes. And we also do all kinds of studies for people, preventative medicine, so prevent them from having other strokes. But there was stroke news this week. This study came out, yes, which is exciting for me, but it was results of this European study, and it showed that heavy olive oil use, so they, they called it intensive use of olive oil, which would mean you use olive oil in cooking, make salad dressings, dipping bread, they even elaborated on that, that if if those people had um, their risk, they cut their risk of stroke by 41%, which is huge. Wow. So Liz, when I read that, guess what I did on the way down here? I went out and bought a gigantic (laughs) bottle of olive oil (laughs) for Ben as part of my concierge services. I mean, that's a huge thing, you know, that that to cut your risk of stroke by 41%, you think, oh, all I have to do is eat a lot of olive oil. I mean, there are other factors too. Right. But, there, um, but there's and, probably no medicine that would cut your risk of stroke by 41%, right? There's no pill you could take that would be that effective. I don't think so, Liz. I, I, I don't think so. But, you know, it was an observational study. So they just looked at people in all these European countries and, you know, who had strokes and who didn't and looked really carefully at their diets. But I'm thinking maybe this could be a whole new, like, area of research for me. Food. (laughs) Food. Delicious foods and stroke. And I'm going to maybe go back to my boss and propose that there may be a little special division of our department uh, because there was a study that came out last year. They're talking about dark chocolate and dark chocolate reducing your risk of stroke. So I'm thinking olive oil, dark chocolate. Those are the kind of studies I need to get on. Absolutely. It seems like your office could turn into one of those gourmet grocery stores where they have they give out a lot of free samples. Exactly, Julie. So you could have an olive oil dipping station and you could have a little chocolate bar going. And uh, Exactly. It would be way more fun than the stuff we're working on now. <laughs> oh, 
Okay. Well, one well, thing like- I, I know that in the uh, in the bungalow in Bend, it's not like we have a lot of kitchen supplies, but we do have a whole dipping set that Dick, yes, we that, do, that Dick gave you for Christmas last year. So we can do a lot of dipping over the 4th and use up all those American flag napkins. There you go. <laughs> it's going to be quite a party up there. And you have another party planned there, Monica, later in the summer? I do. Well, you know, I, I um, so I, I'm organizing a college reunion of sorts uh, here in Bend, and we've settled on a date of late September. So this will be seven of, uh, no, there'll be eight of us. So, you know, eight, including me, of my college friends. We graduated from school 30 years ago. Wow. Yikes. So- and. There was an official, we had our official class reunion this year, but no one went because, I don't know, <laughs> just too far just too far to go. So I'm kind of nervous about it. I mean, I'm excited because I've never really planned anything this big, except for dad's 80th birthday party, which, you know, mom was shocked that I could have pulled off something like that with, without her because it was a surprise party. So, you know, it's just, it's really exciting. So the seven friends, they're coming from the East coast, Colorado, California. It's, we're going to do like a Thursday night to Sunday thing. And we're going to stay here in this little bungalow. And then Liz, I got an overflow rental. (laughs) A backup bungalow. A backup bungalow around the corner because, you know, when you're over 50, you just can't have people sleeping on the floor. Yeah, no. I mean, it's fine when you're in your 20s and we certainly could stuff eight people in this house, but it wouldn't be as comfortable. So I got this overflow bungalow. I've already rented it, um, sent out the emails. It's just a lot of fun to do the planning. But I have to tell you, I hate to sound like mom, but I'm already starting to get really concerned about the menu planning. <laughs> Julie, I may need your help. Well, Monica, well, you probably will have some cocktail uh, napkins left over so you can plan that. But, you know, Monica, because I get together with my friends, you know, everybody comes and they want to cook. So I know they do. So you can, you know, I mean, because everyone's traveling, it's not like they can bring food. But, you know, you can certainly just, you know, you can cook easy meals together. That's really, really fun to do. And the other piece of advice I would give is don't plan too much, you know, because mainly what people, what your friends like to do is you want to sit around and talk. So, you know, you don't want to, you know, I, you know, I know people like to book massages or, you know, stuff like that, but you know, that just takes time away from the group. And really what you want to do is hang around together, have some nice meals, take a couple of walks, but really just spend a lot of time talking with each other. Isn't that the best? That's exactly what we're planning to do. I do have a couple of activities, but they involve walking and talking. Yes, that's, I think that's good. That's good. And Monica, you may want to, you may want to get some small item as a little gift, you know, a, a, you know, a welcome gift to each of your, each of your friends, something from Bend, something that says, welcome to Bend. Now, you know, I'm having my girlfriends here in September. And so I bought each one of them a cowboy hat. No, not a cowboy. No, that's no, no. I'm really seriously a packet of blue bonnet, um, flower seeds so that they can take that home and uh and plant blue bonnets wherever they live julie i'm writing these tips down that's very wow. sweet that's a that's good idea. Sweet. and it's something it's little you can put that on their pillows and say welcome Wait, so you don't you don't think a six pack of microbrews from a local brewery would 
You can't get those on an airplane. That's the See, it's everybody's more, more than three ounces of liquid. Yes. <laughs> but Monica, I was also just thinking, you and your, your college friends all graduated from Georgetown. I'm going to be in D.C. all this week. I'm going tomorrow. I'll be there all week. If you'd like me to spin by the college bookstore and pick up some knickknacks as gifts, uh, just let me know. I could, uh, I could squeeze that into my calendar if you needed some, uh, some, oh, I can see some Hoya napkins. <laughs> yes, a, a packet of Hoya napkins. See, again, easy to pack. And nice and light. And it's just a little gesture. It makes it fun. Julie, I, I love that idea. I'm writing it down. Just as soon as I get the menu figured out. Uh, you can just assign that to mom. You know she'll spend all day and all night thinking about it until September. So okay. I, I, would, I, would, I would outsource that. <laughs> or at least outsource the worrying part of it because right. she, she so enjoys worrying about stuff like that. Or, you know what, or another thing you could do is you can assign teams, like make, you know, a couple of girls cook dinner on Thursday night. Or you cook the welcome dinner. Yes, and then I'm, I'm somebody else cook the welcome dinner. To have somebody else cook the Friday night dinner and somebody else, other team cook the Saturday night dinner. That's what you do. And then, then they can discuss and worry amongst themselves. That's a great way. They can do their shopping when they're in bend, but they can have already have their menu planned. And then they'll uh, do the shopping and they can be the lead cooks that night. Wow. All good ideas. Thank you, Julie. Because well, planning, planning three dinners is a lot for me. Right. And it's, you know, and it gets expensive to go out to dinner. So you don't, you do the welcome dinner and have, have the, uh, make teams with the other, other the red, two. The red team and the blue team. <laughs> or what are, does Georgetown have colors? What are you, silver and black or something? Uh, I don't, a gray and blue. Okay. Gray, and gray and blue. So you have a gray and a blue team. Gray I had to think about that for a minute because it has been 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. If anyone has any recommendations for Monica about organizing a homespun college reunion, uh, just send those in. You know what? I also needed some recommendations, and I'm open for suggestions from anyone. Uh, I need, like, a good summer book. My When I drive up to Oregon for the 4th of July, my little tradition with myself is that I get a great audio book because it's a 14-hour drive. And so it's basically one full day and then half of a second day, the way I do it. So I get a great audio book, something that I think I would never get around to actually reading as a book book, you know, because it would just be too big and intimidating to actually pick it up and read it. But somehow when you're on the road and you're just like headed up I-5 and you have some great actor or a great writer telling you a wonderful story. It's a great way to pass the hours on an interstate. So if anyone has any recommendations of something like that, that I should download and listen to on my way to Oregon for the 4th of July, send that in. Uh, Liz, I, ha I have one for you. I, I, um, I, I would recommend Cutting for Stone. I don't know if you've read that book yet, um, but it is a fantastic tale. And uh, once you get into the story, it takes off. It's very involving. It's very dramatic. And um, I think uh, you can go at least 600, 700, maybe even the full trip, uh, you know, um, on this book. You know, it's funny, Julie, that you mentioned that because my book club read that book. And yes. I actually bought it, but then never got around to reading it because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to make the meeting. 
So I, I have it in book form kicking around somewhere at home, but I don't mind also downloading the audio. You know, if it's, I, I, it's a great tale. It really is. So that, that would be my recommendation. Okay. I also like histories and things like that, that, you know, like nonfiction books. Last year, my book of choice driving up to Oregon was Sebastian Younger's book, War about Afghanistan. Oh. And so it was the book that was also connected to the documentary Restrepo that was nominated for an Academy Award. And Tim Hetherington, who was his partner in doing the movie and who's in the book, he was just recently killed in Libya uh, covering Wait. that war. But anyway, I, Sebastian Younger is a great writer and he's a great reader. He has a great voice. And I felt like I really learned a lot about the war in Afghanistan that I never would have learned if I didn't like make a 14-hour commitment to having him tell me that story. So, Okay, I, that's so a good I'm willing to go in a, dir- in a direction like that, too. Monica, you got anything? Yeah, yeah, I have a recommendation for you because I just read this book, and I think it would be good on an audio book, The Hemingses of Monticello. Oh, I have read about that. Was an that American good? Family, it was fascinating Liz and I know you like history so it's the story of Thomas Jefferson and his slave Sally Hemings and they had four children together and you know it was just this sort of multi-generational tale about Thomas Jefferson and his family and it's all about slavery and the American Revolution and then there are those years where Thomas Jefferson goes to Paris and lives in France and comes back and it's all about building Monticello mainly it's about slavery and it's just a just a very it's really really a fascinating story i highly recommend it oh that okay. sounds great i would really enjoy that that's a little a little bit heavy in parts with you know it was written by this Annette Gordon Reed and she's a legal scholar so a little bit heavy in parts about the law and legal history, but you could skip over that. Well, Liz wouldn't skip over that because uh, it's part of her legal training. It, it, it's a fa- it, it's a fascinating book. I absolutely loved it. And then I recently read Columbine, so wow. I, about the history of the Columbine shooting. And so I read like two pretty heavy books in a row. And I need something light. You do. Wow, I, those are know, two heavy ones back read. to back. Okay, well, you know, Leanne's working on that list. Every summer at SatelliteSisters.com, we post our list of best beach bag books. And when we say our list, we really mean Leanne's list, because she does all the work on this usually. (laughs) I don't know if you guys have made any recommendations this year, have you? Well, my all my choices were very heavy, so I think they got rejected. So, oh, yeah, right. so it's mainly Leon's list. Yes, I think that would be fair to say. So the best beach bag book list is going to be posted on SatelliteSisters.com next week. And I, I suspect, Monica, that there's something in the light, beachy category that's going to work for you. Good. So I don't know. I don't know what she's got on the list yet, but I would keep I would keep an eye out for that. And then we still get so many books sent to us at Satellite Sisters. My sisters know that all all of that mail comes to me, and all of those books are in the back of my car. 
And so, so every time we're at some family thing together where I'm unloading or loading, you know, a lunch or a beach umbrella or whatever it happens to be, everyone looks at the entire library I have in the back of my car and they pick what they would like. Uh, so Monica, I'll take a look in the, in the trunk and see, see if there's anything good for you. I'll bring it to Bend. I'll bring, you know, last year I brought like a hundred books up there for, for to leave in the house. So I'll, uh, I'll bring I'm not sure you're going to have room with the firecracker centerpiece, but yeah, <laughs> yes, definitely br bring any book that looks fun. <laughs> okay. I will do that. Uh, and then what else? Oh, one last thing I wanted to tell you guys, cause this is just so funny. And what I enjoy about it is that I am totally staying out of it in my building. And you know, there's been some bad blood here before between the various neighbors. Yes, on, indeed. On issues, some of them important and some of them totally trivial. And uh, so it's, it's an emotional roller coaster. And there are certain people that really you don't want to run into in the garage if you can possibly avoid them. And because, the, I mean, there are only 14 units in my building, so it shouldn't be this way. I used to try to fix this. I used to, like, host get-togethers at my place and see if we could, why can't we all just be friends? And uh, I've just given up on that. So, uh, and here's the latest evidence that it was worth giving up on. We now have a complete hedge war that has broken up in front of the building. And by hedge war, I mean my building is on the corner of a number street and a state street. So we'll just call it that. And on the state street side, uh, everybody on the first floor has little balconies there. And there's a hedge directly in front of their balcony. And then there's the sidewalk. And then there's, you know, the, the street and the parking and whatever. Well, one of, and the, the hedges were very tall. They were very overgrown. But it's because one neighbor down there, uh, like what she called the added security of having these huge overgrown hedges. Well, well, I, I, I think she needs a German shepherd, but go ahead. <laughs> so the neighbor directly next to her decided that it wasn't really added secu adding security. It was really just adding cover for evildoers to have these huge overgrown hedges and that the building would actually look better if the hedges were trimmed back to the balcony level. So she just went ahead and trimmed her own hedge. So back down to, so if you can imagine, you're, you're walking along the, uh, the State Street, and it's like 12 foot, 12 foot, 12 foot hedge, and then all of a sudden, five feet, five feet, five feet, five feet, and then it goes back up, then it goes back up to 12 feet to the rest of the corner. So, so, so that was the first salvo in, in hedge wars. And I just decided, it just made me laugh every time I looked at it, and I decided to not say anything to anyone, even though I am, of course, on the board of the Homeowners Association and probably should have taken a position on this. Then a week later, I noticed that the guy at the end obviously likes the new look, the lower look, but he doesn't want it quite that low. So he has his, his hedge trimmed, so he's now like, six feet seven feet so so now coming from the corner you have like seven feet 12 feet five feet 12 feet <laughs> and now everyone there are six units along that side every single person has now trimmed their hedge to a different height <laughs> it's like it's like they will begrudgingly admit that the hedges should be lower and they should be trimmed but they refuse to agree on what the height is and now it's just, you look at it, and it's like a five-year-old with missing teeth. That's what, the building, that's what the building looks like when you're across the street looking at it. It just really makes me laugh. And I don't know how we are going to come to any kind of an armistice 
over this hedge war. Like, are we really just going to let people trim their hedges, whatever height they want in front of their unit? I don't know. But if you're driving around Santa Monica and you, if you see a building that looks like uh, a five-year-old with missing teeth, well, that would be me. It's just, it's just too hilarious. And I'm just, I'm just sitting back watching the whole thing happen. Really, I, I think that's smart, Liz. Do not, you know, do not voice an opinion about about hedges. You know, I think that's, that's the advantage to being on the, you know, on the upper floor. It's not the hedge does not affect me, and even though it should be a group decision, whatever you people want, okay, whatever, go for it. So hedge wars. Just thought I would fill you in. They, they've broken out. Not sure how we're going to settle that. But Are they going to start painting their section of the condominium their own color next? Do you think that, you know, that's the next step <coughs> in individualizing their their condominiums? Julie, it's funny that you mentioned that because the, <laughs> the, the owner who fired the first shot in Hedge Wars, I've also <laughs> seen her out in the public space of the building sanding down a wall. Like, Uh-oh. as if in preparation for some kind of paint job. <laughs> so I think you put your finger on it. I, I think we're on some slippery slope here where <laughs> stuff is just going to start happening. People are going to unleash what they want to do because there has been this complete inability to come together as a group and decide how to improve things. Everybody's just going to make their own personal improvements. <laughs> I can't wait to see your building the next time I'm out in California, Liz. Come on by. Maybe you can have some sort of um, counseling session, Julie. You're a peacemaker. You could bring the parties together and see if we could come up with a group solution. I'd be happy to facilitate your neighbors, Liz, for a small fee. I think I would be willing to do that. Okay. All right. And if anyone Hey, we certainly want to wish Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, all the fathers-to-be, grandfathers, stepfathers, any kind of father. We wish you a very happy day tomorrow, right? Yeah, we're having a a beach rendezvous with our father. So that would be myself, our sister Sheila in Pasadena, our sister Leon in Pasadena, and our brother Brendan in Irvine, and various nephews will all be on the beach here tomorrow morning, no matter what the weather is our plan, you know? (laughs) Mom, mom wanted plan A, plan B, plan C. We're like, there is no plan B or plan C. We are going to the beach no matter what. And you know it's, it's Santa Monica. It's not going to rain. It might be a little cloudy, but we're perfectly happy to be at the beach on a cloudy day. So that's where we're going to be, and uh, I'm sure it will be delightful. Mom it called me this morning to say that she was uh, already making the roast beef sandwiches. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> They'll be ready. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised to see a few Fourth of July uh, napkins get busted out early. <laughs> you just wait, Liz. They, they are adorable. Wait till you see those firecracker candles. They're adorable. I okay. mean. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll probably see them tomorrow when I pick up mom and dad. Uh, there will be some attempt to hand them over to me. Uh, so, all right. This has been fun, sisters. We'll, we'll do it again next week. And don't forget, go to the archives on the SatelliteSisters.com site, and you will be able to listen to all kinds of delightful entertainment you haven't heard in a while or maybe have never heard. Go to iTunes, download the whole archive, put them on, put them on your phone, and we are always with you. Now, I don't even, I don't want to raise expectations too high, but the next in line here, we have been working on a Satellite Sisters app, if you can believe it. We're going to have an app, people. Uh, but I don't know. I'm sorry I even mentioned it now because <laughs> <laughs> who, who knows? That's 
coming out of the TOC? My goodness. Yeah, the TOC, it's, it's, on, the, it's on the list. Webmaster Sarah and I, uh, the, the next big thing we're tackling is the Satellite Sisters app. But please, Whoa. use the archive, check out everything at iTunes, let us know how it's working for you, enjoy. And, uh, and don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.